you hearing? Yeah, definitely hearing now. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, that's better. Yeah. A little bit of room. Whoa. Um, there, oh, whoa. It's, right? It's like the Trippy, whole, right? Yo. Wait, wow. you, really I've, you, you do, know. you do. Yo, I might just start doing life like this. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Headphones and mic. Just hear myself. Whoa. <laughs> this is fully strange because you usually, like, when you speak, you hear what you really sound like in your head. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah. that's different to what people hear you sound like. <laughs> so this is kind of like actually hearing what you sound like. I knew it would be yeah, a good idea exactly. to bring Luca on this podcast. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, you've been mentioned so much on this podcast. Yeah, honestly, you're already like a, like a running character. Yo, it's so good oh. to finally be here. Nice, welcome, welcome. <laughs> so, so, like, before we get into serious topics, I wanted to know your guys' um, perspective on this theory, right? <laughs> um, so, because so, we were talking about... So, yeah, I mentioned the fact that there was this show on Netflix where the guy was talking about um, what we understand to be the earliest civilizations um, in history... Uh, actually not, and there were peoples that came before, and uh, certain yeah apocalyptic events basically has covered up traces of them, or or, or we have just mm-hmm. kind of thrown in the things that we've discovered with like the groups of people that we do know instead of considering that it could actually be a lot older. Yeah. So that's what we were saying that civilization actually started a lot earlier. But what goes against civilization starting a lot earlier than we think? What do you mean? Because, because uh, I mean, I don't have exhaustive knowledge on this, but effectively we already kind of know how things, or we think we know how things went in terms of like what started. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, the sites or the evidence that we do have. It's like Syria, it's Damascus, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> first, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like the things, the things that we have, we kind of know or we've already attributed them to a point in history. So yeah. I think we, we have kind of accepted... And this the, is the whole premise the of this show. Yeah. We've accepted that we know the timeline. And yeah. this guy is coming to be like, yeah, the timeline's actually wrong by like thousands yeah. of so years. It's like a conspiracy theorist kind of. I mean, yeah, kind but of. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely suppose, like the vibe, but, but he's like legit, like, kind of. He's yeah. like a real. His whole yeah. thing is like, archaeologists hate when I talk about this yeah. because, you know, like archaeologists hate him because he goes against all like the texts and everything. Like an yeah. ad on like Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> exactly he's just like he's like yeah archaeologists hate me because you know i'd be talking the truth or i'm going against what yeah. what you know they consider yeah. to be like the truth you yeah know? see i i my standpoint in these things are, like obviously i'm not all over you know civilization started before but i just find that like we can't know the truth you know the earth was flat at one point exactly and that's why i'm always like it's not i'm open to <laughs> I'm open to listening, like, why he think, like, how he came to that conclusion, you know? Um, you all know the stone, the ape theory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. You don't know the stone, <laughs> the ape course, theory, Luca? Luca? Which ape theory? The stone, the ape theory. No, I don't. You, Luca, you don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was like, of yeah, course, yeah. Luca knows the stone, Monkey ape theory. Monkey climbs down, tree yeah. sees a mushroom, eats a mushroom, monkey sees his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, good, good theory. Yeah, yeah I, do, you, do you all believe in it? Kind of. Yeah, I think, I mean, kind of. Look, I think that. I think that, yeah, monkeys were around and mm-hmm. something must have triggered, I mean, yeah, some behavior. And I'm not saying that I, I believe it or don't believe it. Like, I think that's what happened. But I can say that, yeah, I wouldn't rule it out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't say that that's not it, that actually these, you know, I don't even know what the alternative would be. But if you told me that monkeys came into contact with psychedelic substances it's it's a it's it is a possibility mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah and like because because you know you could be a fish and then you never 
experience i don't know mangoes so it, it's not like it's it's super like of course it happened no. but it's like yeah but it's a possibility like it could have been like it does make kind of sense it does make yeah yeah because yeah. we feel sense. like yeah. we feel I, like we were monkeys after we eat mushrooms right <laughs> like we feel like before but we also just feel like we feel like we're the most intelligent right 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 like on the planet right yeah and i'm yeah. like i can't i don't know if i if if that stuff actually makes you more intelligent or not but Somehow you aware. feel more intelligent yeah. more aware and more the, you're more clarity i guess yeah yeah but i i don't but, think that the argument is intelligence i think the argument is is the self-aware yeah yeah the self-awareness. being sentient and being yeah. aware of yourself and being aware of the yeah. fact that you're thinking whereas most animals are, are driven by <clears throat> their instinct. instinct you know right yeah. right they probably have tested like i don't understand why they wouldn't i'm sure there are results for this somewhere like in super classified materials they surely have fed chimps like psilocybin, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sure, yeah, I, I know, but like, you know, but, they started making tools recently. It's but you know, awfully suspicious that <laughs> everyone is like a, right. A, they have their own language. Yeah, psychedelic them. renaissance, and then. But the like thing is, if you were to give hammers, yeah. if you were to give monkeys like yeah acid or shrooms or whatever, right, and then to observe that, how long would this experiment have to run for you yeah. to be like, yeah, that's what happened? You know yeah. what I mean? You're gonna run about uh, and, and like how? Yeah, yeah. Maybe we were like just eating them as like like one of our like. Just vegetables them, on the plate. Our stews. Yeah, and then like eventually we were like, "Fuck!" Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, now Yo, we make started. that soup again, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know the fun yeah. one. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. No, but it's it's. But I don't even think that like it's like they started doing shrooms, and then all of a sudden they activated. You know, I think maybe maybe they did shrooms, and then that led to them doing something that then kind of push the evolution forward you know what i mean yeah you know what i mean yeah. like they, they do it in the trippy and then they they start to right i don't know there was one monkey and he's sitting <laughs> on the floor and in, and and there was a fruit and instead of like <laughs> climbing up the tree to get the fruit he just like <laughs> he just stood up you know what i mean and all the other monkeys were like yo you know he just stood up and like picked the fruit like right there you know and then all of that all of a sudden they're like, like wobbling and shit oh shit and they're like you know? that makes so much sense and they're like that makes so much why sense. didn't we think of this before exactly and then over time they started standing up to get fruit and yeah. stand and then yeah. eventually they and started like, you know, we don't have to go in a cave we can actually build these things ourselves yeah yeah exactly and then it's not to say like they you know they, they just activated after they did these shrooms and then they just became like intelligent i think that maybe the these substances just allowed them to become aware of i mean the same thing yeah. as for us you yeah. just become aware of things that you yeah, yeah. Really it's, it's about aware how you integrate the substance exactly so they they managed to integrate <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah now we are not on this podcast condoning <laughs> the use of drugs in any way shape Especially or form psychedelics i'm no, not saying serious, that everybody yeah. and anybody should just run around doing psychedelics yeah exactly we're not trying to like, do do your research. Yeah, actually, like, I, I shouldn't say I do. I do think it's yeah. Like I am a hundred percent pro psychedelics. Yeah, yeah, hundred like, percent. We definitely condone it, but we're not encouraging you. We're not, actually, you have to we use are it, encouraging. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. the world would be such a better place if go. everybody just got a little, a little Those, some Timothy those, Leary shit. You know, I do think. I mean, there's enough research. It's not about I think. There's enough research to show what yeah, psychedelics have done. And like, much. if it was that you know we lived in a society where you had. A, therapists doing trips with you i mean you kind of do you, you, kinda you do. have soon, like, soon you can have like i mean they, they might not be very soon they might not be under the title of therapist but yeah. they, they you know they, you, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you could yeah. go to peru or yeah. Yeah. i did in 
while I was in Mexico, DMT. Wow, yeah, how was yeah. that? That was a heavy one. Yeah, like, that yeah. Was they intense. say, they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did you do she, DMT with your mom? No. <laughs> <laughs> she went to Mexico, visit her mom, comes back and says, yeah, I did try DMT. I thought your mom was like, we're Kenyan. You know, is your mom like yeah, that's the, tripping that's on that's a pyramid? Side hustle, man. <laughs> She's not tripping. But I did have like a whole conversation with her and like, like, um, yeah, just like we watched documentaries about, yeah, this, yeah. you know, and, and I told her about my experiences, and she. Asked I made my parents sit down and watch the documentary too, just on weed, yeah. but just like before you, you have to like, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't be like, this is my opinion on it. Exactly. Like you have to be like, look what these professionals exactly. know what they're talking about, who because, have degrees are saying. You know, it doesn't even like before we even get into like health and like what it can do and why yeah. it's this and why it's that. You know, just to offer a different perspective. Like, yeah. I, I don't know anybody who would say, like, no to just another perspective. I mean, of course, yeah. I know a lot of people like that, but that is called <laughs> ignorance, you know, and arrogance, you know? Mm. So the thing is, I think most people would 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 agree that they can benefit from a, a shift in perspective. Yeah. And we, like, uh, drugs or mind-altering mind substances, um, giving you that is... Like, what if you zoom out is one way. I mean, you can move to another country and have a different perspective from that experience. Mm-hmm. You can you can just try new things that yeah. have different... You can have complete play. conversations. Give you exactly, and that's what, you know, when yeah. you think, wow, that was a really good conversation, you know, a lot of time is because, like, yeah. you explore perspectives you, you haven't before, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, when it comes to psychedelic substances, the, the you know, we don't need to kind of reinvent the wheel here. We all know... No, I'm sure we've heard podcasts and whatever else about the, the mm-hmm. benefits and what it does. But at the very least, it's just a shift in perspective. And I think that everyone can benefit from that. Yeah. You know? I yeah, think it should be sure. like a rite of passage thing. Like when yeah. you turn at some age, I think really like I think some cultures still use this mm-hmm. in the indigenous world. Yeah, it actually wasn't like it used to be people didn't use it they used it as a medicine but it wasn't the patient that used it it was the shaman that took it mm. and, uh, <laughs> and then you go into the doctor's <laughs> office and you're like my head is hurting and he's like i would let me just do this acid real quick <laughs> and you're like wow that feels so much and better he, <laughs> yeah you're like whoa thanks doc and he's like what yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he starts breathing <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's the breathing podcast <laughs> <sighs> don't stop <laughs> no, no but seriously like with ayahuasca and all those stuff they used to basically take it and uh, i don't know hold your hand or something and suddenly know what you need i totally yeah can somehow understand how that after taking psychedelics myself that makes that you can sense heal other me. people it I mean, kind maybe of it's not healing me, other yeah, people, but yeah. maybe it might might be becoming sensitive yeah. to things that you wouldn't have been sensitive to uh, before. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of a lot of that experience is just your mind yeah. um, connecting with itself in different ways. So yeah. of course, I guess like, you do become more empathetic as well. You know, and maybe you you know which questions. Yeah, to I think like ask. somehow so, I forget the author now, but they these Dutch um, they're quite contemporary and they're like. Um, physicians or whatever and they say that if you have any sort of mental trauma or whatever mm-hmm. it'll almost guaranteed show itself physically yeah. in some way like yeah. you will be able to feel physical pain so I, i'm sure 100 people could subscribe to that yeah yeah 100 percent. so I, I think that actually raises like an interesting um thing yeah. to think about it's like this distinction that we have of the mind and the body as two separate things yeah it's often just like 
woozy whack. You you find that it's actually it's just all one. It's all intertwined. There's research yeah. that shows that the mind is actually in the gut as well. Yeah, that, that explains like a lot yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where is this delivery guy? <laughs> <laughs> Talking about gut. <laughs> you know? No, it's true. Yeah, and I feel like yeah, having a rite of passage. Like if you were to turn, because I remember you know, I, like at twenty three, everyone has to like go to like a forest. Man, they sit like, down. You can't put an age at it, man. I don't like, know. I think I think you can. Like you can. Twenty five, you're fully physically developed. They say science. because you know. I yeah. think that if you I think there are a lot of things that are benef- like beneficial, but it, if you experience certain things too early in your life, mm-hmm. it could be yeah just as harmful as experiencing it too late. You know, yeah. you know. I think yeah. so. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, why why twenty? But but I just twenty five fully 25, developed. Twenty five, yeah, physically you're fully developed. Fully but I just feel like you need brain for men. And you need women. a certain amount of life context to be able to yeah fully understand yeah. your trip, and some people have more life experience and life context at 25 than others you know totally i think it's just knowing that people are just not ready for that kind of thing if they can't if their brain is is wired in in a way that they already uh have a more challenging time than the rest of us you know if they're neurodivergent in any way yeah i don't think it's a it's a good idea to give like people like anything you know everyone i don't think that goes for anything you know what i mean Oh, <laughs> I know. food is here. I think I know. Do we pause? Yeah, no, we can't yeah. chew through. So yeah. we're gonna pause here and then jump back on <laughs> <laughs> Saturday 4 p.m. People. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so where were we? Uh, ancient aliens, psychedelics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were we talking Monkeys. about? Monkeys. Monkeys. Um, right of passage. No, but you know, there's a thing. It's like, um, oh, what was it? Yeah. Yeah, if I could control society, like <laughs> hypothetically, I become king of the world, mm-hmm. I would make it illegal to do any illicit substance before the age of 25. Yeah. You think so? Totally. But but people would, I mean, it's illegal to do a lot of illicit substances and people still do it. Yeah, but then right, what's an illicit right. substance? Okay, but if I could have control over such an uncontrollable and, thing. And alcohol is also illegal. Alcohol, yeah. I would make everyone just sober, boring, fucking lame Steves and Daves and Marys until they're 25. And then wake them up. And then I would say, go now. Go. All so of you it. wouldn't. All of it. Go, go. Be free and do and, the work. And like chances are they will go. Yeah, but I, go I, I don't know how I feel about that because if I, I think know. about like my friends that were very, very protected as kids and had like helicopter parents, a lot of them went wild as soon as they had their freedom. You yeah. Know? yeah. I think, I think. <clears throat> that is true. I mean, that of course, true. there's an argument for um, substance control. Mm-hmm. Um that says, you know, just kind of legalize everything by legalizing everything. Because, I mean, alcohol is not illegal, but it's controlled, you know. Mm-hmm. That's not to say it's impossible for yeah. a teenager to get their hands on alcohol. But if there's a system around these things that that kind of ensures the majority of people at least know that, yeah, you can't do this. <clears throat> you can't do this just yet for good reason. Um yeah, you want to break that rule, you want to go against it, yeah, you, you should get in trouble, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if you, if you don't, yeah, if these, substance, if these substances are not 
legal, then there's just a, a forever mystery about it. Yeah. You, you know? have to educate the people, you know? Yeah. And then, I mean, but I, I mean, I could talk all day about this, about the underworld and what that does for the black market and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, because when, when alcohol was banned, I mean, the, the famous example is when alcohol was <laughs> illegal <laughs> in the station in the prohibition. Yeah. And that was like the rise of Al Capone and all these guys, you know, because mm-hmm. there was a black market for it, you know what yeah. I mean? <clears throat> and when you look at countries that are... Um, that that have legalized like weed, for example, you don't see like the the smoking, the population that's smoking weed like it has shot through the roof. No. no, it's like if you smoked weed, then you'll do that, or maybe you know if you didn't, maybe you'd try it. But if it's not for you, it's not for you. You know what I mean? If it's for you, you would have known it. You yeah. know, you'd find. Or it's, out. or it's maybe it's for you for a time. Like a lot of people just have phases as well where yeah. you need it and you smoke a lot of weed and yeah. you're like you know what actually I'm not. I don't really need this. Anymore. Yeah, and if cocaine was was legal, right? Like if you mm-hmm. could go in and buy cocaine off the like behind the counter, you know what I mean? Would you then become a yeah a coke addict? Like, would you then just want to do it all the time? Mm-hmm. Because I feel like. Yeah, no. I mean, if that's your thing, then mm-hmm. there are health repercussions that come with that. Yeah. And that's a decision you could make as an adult. Yeah. You know what I mean? But when it's illegal, there's so much more around it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have to think about also, you know, what, what drives people to overdo it and treat that instead of trying to keep the drug away from them. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times it's not the substance. You, you could find the same... personality and is it whatever they're struggling with. And it's what you're, trying to, what you're really trying to do. Yeah. Because, I mean, if, if you really are trying to open your mind, then there's, there's I feel like, n- like no harm in that. If you're trying to run from something, like if you're trying to run from <clears throat> something inside yourself, then... Yeah, maybe that's not the best way to go about it. But that's the case. And then if you do have to go to a drug Mm -hmm. and it's illegal, then you have to go through all sorts of heights, you know, in order to keep that up, you know, that Mm -hmm. can go down really dangerous, dangerous paths. You know what I mean? But I mean, if you say like legalize everything, like if heroin is legal tomorrow, you're going to go and pick up some heroin. Okay, maybe not legalize heroin. Legalize everything, but, but yeah, legalize yeah. things and just you know educate the people properly and control culture, the substance yeah. a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, through culture, absolutely. And, um, like if everyone was just totally straight until twenty five, and then at twenty five, it was a known fact that you could just inebriate yourself in whatever way. Mm-hmm. Maybe there would be like somewhat of a cultural acceptance. Like people would be like, "All right, you know, we're just in this phase of life, and then in the next phase, it just totally changes." I think there would be like such a sharper distinction yeah. in like. Um, yeah, like periods of life that way. But uh, it just makes me reflect a little bit like on myself in thinking what would be my like non-drugged state? Like if I compared myself (laughs) now to a version of myself who hadn't touched drugs up until this point. Yeah, yeah. um, Yeah, I was going to say something, but then... um, (laughs) You forgot. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, I feel like the the whole argument around... It's the government, man. They're trying to control yeah. everything. I mean, we, because, like, we know what we know, you know what went down. You know, we shamans used to be using the, the psychedelics on themselves to treat yeah. their doctor, their patients. Yeah. Then you know it started to become popular because all the tourists and all the, the Western world, especially, they were like, "Oh, this actually this seems really fun. I want to try this." And then it became a whole tourist industry of them like selling it to to the patients because they want a trip as well. And then. In America, especially when everybody started waking up and being like, yo, what are we doing in Vietnam? We don't want to go there. The government was like, 
fuck, this is bad. Yeah. <laughs> we need, we, need, to, we yeah. need to get rid of this shit. Yeah, no, it's quick. true. And but if you look at these, if you look at these um these early these early people, right? Who t- and that's part of like how they grew up. So you're saying like you don't do any drugs until you're twenty five or everything's like blocked from you twenty five and right. then the gates are open. Yeah. It's like <clears throat> free fall, right? Yeah. If you look at these tribes, I don't think that I mean, I'm not an expert on this topic, but I don't get the sense that like the Six, the troubled 16-year-old tribesman, mm-hmm. you know, is like, man, I'm going to hit some of that peyote, you know what I mean? <laughs> because it was, I think it was, it was treated as, as an experience to take seriously, you know what I mean? And I mean, yeah, I mean, in party culture, you know, I wouldn't, drugs I wouldn't, use. like, people have different opinions with LSD and parties. Oh, no, acid and parties is not a thing. It's like... So unpredictable. It, just, it really can just take things to heights, but then it also can do the inverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, I think if you're able to, mm-hmm. I don't see anything that could be better. But yeah. if you're able to, is a huge criteria. Nah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I don't think I, I would be interested in doing that because I think that <clears throat> exactly what you said about the, the borders between um, mind and body. You know what I mean? I always felt that, I mean, it is a strange thing. You know what I mean? We are strange. It's like the strangest. Yeah, we are strange creatures where it's like you have this thing that you move around in, but inside there's so much that you yeah. think and there's so much that you tell yourself and there's so much that, you know what I mean? And it is a very, it is a very strange thing. You know what I mean? And they are intertwined. You know, when you're hungry and in a bad mood, you don't feel to do stuff. Mm. You know, even if you wanted to do stuff, when you weren't, you know, hungry, hungry you know what yeah. I mean? So it's just like, it, yeah. it really is intertwined. And I think that totally. for me, when, when I first did, um, when I first tried psychedelics, it was, I mean, I, I, I tried it at first in a club environment, um, Jeez. but it wasn't, no, I'm, am I lying? Yeah, I'm lying. I didn't do psychedelics for the first time in a club environment. I think I did shrooms for the first time in a club environment. And I had known from my experiences with acid, like, what to expect. So I was like, okay, well, I know this is a whatever. Um, and then I feel like, yeah, when, when, you're, when you're in your early 20s and you're experimenting, you just kind of want to try, you kind of want to check the boxes, right? Like, mm-hmm. you just feel like... Yeah. That's what you want to do. You also and have no fear. Yeah, you and I feel like, like you threw yourself into things. And that's you're like, okay. I can handle this. Yeah, and I mean, I think the the way I grew up, I grew up in like a okay family. I think my mental health is like relatively okay, you know. So I just thought that I could, um, yeah, I, I don't have any fears going into this. And I had done uh, LSD in, a, in like on a on, in like the environment that I think is the ultimate, right? Just like a, at the beach with like really close friends. Um, Chloe was actually my first um like like trip or what do you call it the sober person who like trip takes trip care of trip sitter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um but it was so good <clears throat> it was such a beautiful experience yeah. and I always took it very seriously from the jump but I think I grew up in a I think I grew up in a Catholic family, so I think spirituality was always taken very yeah. seriously anyway right yeah. what I yeah. think is that it gives 
Because because you you know even if you're not religious, it gives you access to something else, or it gives you mm-hmm. yeah, it 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 kind of gives you access to the to the feelings that you can have that yeah. there, that there is something more, that yeah. there is something else that we yeah. don't quite understand, and, and that you can trust it, and right. you can trust, and you can explore, and 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 the idea that there is something there, I think, mm-hmm. is very important. You yeah. know what I mean? Regardless of what spiritual or religious background you come come from, you know what I mean? I think it's much more dangerous growing up. Um, in a, in a limited environment where it's mm-hmm. like uh, we, we, there's nothing else. This is it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think that's the opposite of giving someone all the tools that they would need mm-hmm. to develop. You know, so when when I did acid, I always like thought that it would be um, a spiritual experience, and that's exactly what I felt. I mean, of course, it's not a hundred percent. You know, I'm not like on the floor meditating the whole time. Of course, I'm being goofy with my friends and. You know, you're giggling, you're laughing or whatever. But the overarching experience was definitely that of uh, a spiritual, yeah, exploration, you know. And the thing is, by the time you're at a certain age, you know your body, you, I mean, I think things always change in both your mind and your body, but you're familiar with yourself enough, mm-hmm. right? And I think that it... It, it was important for me because it made me feel really small and it gave me the perspective of, wow. <laughs> I mean, it was funny. I was on the beach and I remember like you're watching, you're looking at the ocean, you're looking at the rocks and the trees. And mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, like that was the overall takeaway. You're like, yo, like this, these trees, this they don't give a fuck about <laughs> you, dog. All this drama in your life and... Yeah. All these things, and you and you think like, yeah, this is so bad, and we always thought the news and all these things happening, and That's here is nature just being and doing, absolutely regardless of anything else is happening. You know, there's this plant, yeah. and it's like, yeah, I'm growing, I'm doing my thing. I remember we had this whole episode with this caterpillar, right? We watched this caterpillar come down and wrap itself up, uh, like we were watching this intense. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were watching this. Um, I don't know if it's a caterpillar, but like a larvae of some kind, mm-hmm. right? That had dropped down from like a height, like on the rock above us, which was, of course, an entirely trippy experience. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we were watching it. No! Man, we were, no. we were watching it. It was, it was absolutely nuts, you know? And we were watching this caterpillar wrap up itself. And, it's, and we were thinking, just imagine, <laughs> this is real high talk too, but we were like, just imagine that like at some point in your life, like let's say when you turn 18, you're just like, I don't know what it is, bro, but I just need <laughs> to roll up in my own spit. You know what I mean? Like, you know? So the thing is... But, I mean, all of us have that I mean, sometimes. <laughs> but the thing is, this guy, this guy, this lave, this whatever, he does it, no questions asked, right? He's totally trusting his instinct, and mm-hmm. this is what he has to do. Now, yeah, there's a big difference between them and us in terms of like our instincts mm-hmm. and what we feel like we have to do. You know, I think it's incredibly fascinating that all these animals just know that they have to do these things yeah. at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But so do we, yeah. Like we, we, we have the same instinct. But that a lot we also of, have a lot of like mental clutter that blocks. It's such a like a double yeah. edged yeah. like divine because parody, it's the right? social yeah. influence yeah. in what we do. Yeah. And then yeah. what it did for me is give me the perspective of like. You know, if there's something that you feel like you need to do, mm-hmm. you really should not think about how much you need to please everyone else around mm-hmm. you. Because the any day you, if you have a mission, you have something you have to do, you have to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was a very important thought for me. Yeah. And like you think of like when you think of your life and you think of like your failures and like what would I, you know, uh, 
yeah, what would happen if I didn't do it? Or what would happen if I did what everybody else was, was is telling me to do mm-hmm. rather than what I feel like I, I really want to do or I really should do, you know? And at the end of the day, like, it really doesn't, it really doesn't matter in the very We're large scheme of things. We're here to die anyways. And that's it. Yes. It's, and it made you feel It's such a tiny. tremendously beautiful thing because I, yeah. I have, I've had a very similar experience Same. myself. Like just realizing the total lack of meaning that, you know, like... How we, irrelevant. Yeah, how irrelevant things Life are that we really... Things that we really think yeah. matter. Yeah, you things know, that we think yeah. matter just really, really are just that thinking. Of a deal. Yeah. And, and I did that. I was like, okay, you know, here I am. Like my true... The way I describe kind of like being on acid is like, you know, when a, like just before a fly um, like flies into your eye, you blink. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't know that you're doing that. But yeah. no. but your but your body's like just immediately reacting. Yeah. So like being on acid is like being in that state of like yeah. operation yeah, where absolutely. you are kind of like in the blink before you know that you're blinking. You know mm-hmm. that's where you are when you're on acid, like just hyper aware. <laughs> and I and I became aware of all of the unimportant you know things that concerned me so much up until that point. And I was like, you know what, I really want to do more than anything in the entire world right now. I want to go to Egypt. <laughs> and there I was in Croatia on New Year's Day. And I was tripping balls and I had totally accepted the one thing that I wanted to do more so than anyone else yeah. wanted for me in yeah. my life. And I started walking. I started walking to the bus stop. To, right? Egypt. <laughs> to Egypt, I swear to God. And by that time, I'd already like gone through my ecstasy of being high and everything. And it was interesting because as I was walking there, I started to think about, you know, my mother my I, mm. like lucas started to come back into the equation not this like ever present being who was totally in mm. touch with all of his like deepest yearnings it was it was luca actually mm. returning and i thought of my mom waking up the next day and not seeing me in bed and then i was like that woman is going to be broken <laughs> if i'm not on that flight <laughs> back to berlin yeah yeah, yeah yeah and 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 then there became this like kind of stark realization it's like yeah i totally agree with you you can't really like take into consideration the other expectations that people have of you Mm -hmm. in governing like your life but in some way we are all like inextricably bound and connected you know and so like my actions they somewhat do have like a overreaching effect on the lives of other people Mm -hmm. and um yeah it's safe to say that at times i've regretted coming back to that level of awareness of myself Mm -hmm. and that i thought that you know maybe going to egypt regardless of if it may have hurt other people it was the true thing that i wanted and yeah it's not about finding, finding that balance between like looking out for yourself and looking out for your people right and, and that the whole, is it. but to get to that point of like i think a lot of us grew up focusing on other people more than on ourselves as much and the the dmt trip that i did was was also that kind of a like that cocoon experience but in its own different way which hey, did you have break, you done it did, before? Did you break through? Have you all done it before? No. Oh, I no, no, no. I, you broke I died. Through? I fully died. <laughs> what? Like my identity disappeared, right? There's no thoughts, there's no memories, there's no concept of reality, there's no Jamila, there's no like whatever I had left of me just dissolved into the fucking cosmos and universe and everything. And it was just like pure bliss and love. But then at some point, you know, I started to come back and there was this feeling of fuck man, it's right there. Like everything that, you know, everything that we're looking for. It's already here. It's already here. But that's what I feel like but that's what it is. You make a circle and you come yeah, back to you this come realization. Back and it was really a fucking, like I came crawling back to life in tears. And I started to imagine this onion of like everybody's expectations and needs and opinions and judgments. And that, that you're totally wrapped up in. That, was, yeah. that I was completely wrapped up in. And all these layers 
were other people's bullshit, but it was my projection of other people's bullshit projected onto me, you know? Mm, yeah. And, um... Gives you a dose of clarity. A dose of clarity. I think you said something to me once, and it was like a great th- thing in, in regards to psychedelics. You were like, "There is no such thing as a bad trip; only yeah. a necessary trip." Yeah, yeah. Maybe, Absolutely. maybe that was you, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad trips to me are when you panic in a trip, oh, and yeah. when you feel like you can't get out. Total spiral. Yeah, you know? and that's why I feel like you need to have. Um, a good sense of who you are mm-hmm. and where you stand. Who you're um, with. Because, yeah. I mean, I feel like a, a, a bad trip could be... Man, I mean, yeah, I don't believe in a bad trip. I, I just believe in... A bad trip in, starts yeah. before you take the drug. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's what it is. I think that's what... Processing. When people talk about a bad trip, I think that's what people talk about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess. They talk about, it's you know, level. having an experience, but usually, I mean... They Jews. <laughs> no matter mm-hmm. what state I'm in, there's always, like, there's always the, the, the deepest part of myself that's there that's the voice of reason the yeah. forever sober part of myself that's just saying you take drugs drugs don't take you correct yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but i mean that's a simplified version but in effect yeah because i don't think there's anything there i'm sure there are many things that can prepare you but i don't think that there's something to say well if you're if you're not this then this is going to happen if you are this then this is going to happen i think it really just comes down to um yeah, how you handle yourself in that situation. And that's why I think that for me, in in my experience with psychedelics, having some sort of a a background, a spiritual background because yeah. of my family kind of allowed me to kind of interact with this experience in such a way that I can that I can trust it you know what I mean whereas somebody who feels like imagine believing hard and fast your whole life there's nothing else but the physical in the tests and stuff where they would like give people LSD without telling them that <laughs> well that's terrifying always. I mean like always a secret fantasy at family dinners eh? <laughs> that is absolutely terrifying could you we imagine are about like, if you have why no people context jump out the window yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine, like, imagine if we, like, we were just at a dinner, and then all of a sudden, like, an hour and a half, through, we were just like, yeah. actually, I think I know what this is. Like, imagine that feeling of us coming to realize that we'd just been dosed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But how would you but, like, know if you didn't know? That's that what I'm be, saying. Like, You've never been there. Be That's earth shattering. If you, you if you are on... coming to the realization that oh well, I did acid somehow. It would be so funny. But you know that that is the purest because going into this experience, if you're like. Yeah, I'm trying to have. I'm trying to be a a, a psychonaut, and I'm trying to like uh, go into different dimensions. Go into go into different states and kind of understand. And that's that's one thing, you know what I mean. But in terms of like, if you were to give acid to your mom without her knowing, let's say that, <laughs> and she loves it, that or anybody, that reaction that comes could be that is so pure and is such a genuine reaction without like without context to any goal or like you know there's no objective of this because if you look at the experiments of when they would just um yeah they would just give people doses and and see what will happen you know there's this there's this video of like a 1950s like housewife and she's like i think she was like the wife of a police officer the wife of like you know what i mean she's just you know had to do an experiment and they're like you know she's like cool and they give her this yeah this glass with like lsa in it and she takes it and when they, but she knew she was doing an experiment yeah exactly she knew she was doing an experiment what i'm saying is like this lady is not out here raging you know what yeah. i mean like she's but her reaction was so like 
I don't know, so pure. And she mm-hmm. was such at a, at a loss to explain like what she was experiencing. And she, she didn't even... What was, I think, nice about it was that she didn't have the words to explain what she was experiencing. And she wasn't necessarily saying or calling it a spiritual experience or, or yeah, uh, alluding to the fact that this might be from something from another mm-hmm. world. But she did have the like the definite um the conviction that whatever this is this is so good and um and and everyone should do this you know and she told the guy she told the guy in the interview she was like because she kept asking like you can't see it like you you can't see what i'm seeing right now and he's like no i can't and she's like oh my god i feel sorry for you uh, you know what i mean man the generation of people that come after our generation or hey. from our generation are gonna be such a cool generation how are you going to approach like, like it right, gives you- hypothetically guys i don't this is like a whole topic in and of itself but how are you going to approach your youngins if you do happen to have them about this particular thing i was actually gonna i was actually gonna bring this up right because you know, like as a as a as a parent, which is something that neither of us can can fully appreciate right now. But it is something that you you can think about. How would you go about reaching this topic? Because I can say that, yeah, I I don't think I want my kid growing up like um, figuring this out for themselves. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I meant like, yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to grow up with like my kids like. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to be like the dad that's stoned every night yeah. and everybody's, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like, you know. No, you want to handle it not? responsibly. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't necessarily want to. Um, and I think the fear of that is is because I didn't grow up with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think there are people that did grow up with like stoner parents. <laughs> and you you smoke weed and then and then they're you start smoking weed and they're just like, well, yeah. And then it's it's not a it's not a big deal yeah. or whatever. And I think that it's not fair because yeah, at the stoner. end of the day, at the end of the day, no matter what your views are, it would not be fair to impose to strongly impress yeah. upon your children like anything that you feel i mean that's what you do as a parent isn't yeah. it so to answer your question yeah i think that it would be a i think i would do a <laughs> i think i'd be way more aware than my parents were mm-hmm. so for example like i know that like if i came home from an acid trip and you're like uh you're like a little bit down, you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be doing it in parties, right? I'm just going and <laughs> meditating on a beach for like 10 hours, right? Yeah. So I'm not coming home and, and I'm all messed up or whatever. I'm just like, just came out from the beach, you know what I mean? And my parents wouldn't know any better, you know? They wouldn't act any different. They wouldn't know any different. I wouldn't go to them and start telling them about it. It wasn't anything. Um, and same with weed. I think I don't think I've ever been stoned because my parents just did not have like too much personal experience with this so i i think i've been stoned at several family events and my parents have no idea i mean mm-hmm. it got to the point where like like tension was kind of high to me and my dad and was, and and i think like being stoned actually really helped not like not being mm-hmm. super stoned yeah so, but i remember, I remember <laughs> quite a job. few like family occasions where i was like i would not be able to handle this if i didn't yeah, and it, yeah. it just kind of kept my nerves down and it kept mm-hmm. me like easier. Like I was way, ch- I was way chiller and I was really e- able to deal with like the outer timeliness from my dad or whoever, you know what I mean? And I think that 
the I, I, I wouldn't do anything like crazy or drastic surrounding these substances, but I think that you wouldn't be able to pull that shit with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah, not going to exactly. be home. Yeah. Exactly. And you come home, like, <laughs> zoinked on whatever. <laughs> and I'm just going to be some. like, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah. and I think that what that'll do is kind of gives me the, the because I do know a parent. I have friends whose parents are like, yeah, you, you want to try brownies? Well, you're going to try it with me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'll help you bake the brownies. We'll do whatever. But when you do your brownies... Like, I wanted to do it, like, home in the house. And then I thought, that's not a bad idea, you know, to tell, yeah. like, children, look, I'd let you try, like, mostly <laughs> anything, you know, but I want you to do it, like, you know, yeah. in at home, you know, know so you have the right like, guidance. Tell them they, tell them your experiences with it, you know? Yeah. And, like, yeah. Be, Is that something you would share with them? And if yeah. so, like, when would you do that? I would let them ask. I would let them, like, I wouldn't straight up be like, so have you heard about mushrooms, you know? But, like, yeah. I think kids, they'll find out about it. Like 15. They, yeah. Nah. They'll, they'll, like, on the schoolyard, kids, I don't think, kids I don't, are I think all sorts and doing all sorts. That's what I'm saying. And that's the thing. I think that, yeah, I was... The way things were in my family, this was not a thing. Like, I did not st- start smoking weed at 14, 15. Mm-hmm. The kids that, I mean, this is just my experience, but the kids that were smoking weed at 14 and 15 really didn't get it nice together to for you. a long time. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, the kids that were smoking weed at Damn 14 and God. 15, I, I don't care. Where right? me, but bro. it's true. But it's true. Like, when, when, I mean, because you were all like, it's, look at high five for the 15 year olds. <laughs> oh, I mean, I have my Don't listen together. to this guy. I mean, I mean, this is my, I mean, the guys who are like, the guys in school who were cool and like being stoned in school, like, because I guess it wasn't necessarily the fact that they were smoking weed, but it's like, instead of going to class, you're smoking weed, you know, in like form three or form, you know, you're 14, 15, instead of like going to class, like, like get your priorities straight. I don't think it's a matter of like, you shouldn't be doing this, but I think that these like kids that decide that they want to do this and they have to do it and then they don't have the maturity to say mm-hmm. yeah i want to do this but i also have other things that i need to do you yeah. know what i mean yeah. like that's yeah and a like problem. and like jokes aside like i started smoking weed at 15 with like my boyfriend at the time and my friends and stuff and like i wouldn't smoke if i could do it yeah, again i wouldn't start smoking weed at I, I didn't again. i started i mean it's not like i started crazy late i started when i was 17 when i could drive because that's yeah. like the first step in independence right you could mm-hmm. drive and you can do what you want yeah and that's when i started smoking weed. So go and drive and smoke weed yeah yeah, go, yeah well i would go to my friend's house and then we'd have a brownies night and then it was just mad mm-hmm. weed and i'd go home that's when i started you know what i mean but i think that um i mean we were talking about like how you would how you'd breach it with your kids and yeah. i think that 14 15 i think if i saw it's, like things happening too early i'd be like here's what like i'm all on so board. you wouldn't say yeah. anything like before you would wait to see i would wait until and i would wait until i see something happening yeah. and until the thing you, is until you I, get a sense of they're aware of that it exists yeah and and the thing is okay. you, if you if you're smoking i, I i'd know like if yeah. you're smoking at 13 or whatever you know, you know i would definitely saying. know you're not gonna get in the car how, how are you gonna like amp them into what they're gonna be like facing before they have decided if they want to take part in it or not you know because like i don't know like you might find them doing it when they're already doing it and then that's like something that can be handled in that event but you mean before they start doing it yeah but like, i feel like you have to it's just it's not just the topic of alcohol of drugs and because, alcohol it's about like having a very honest foundation with your right right the conversation with. was thrust upon me when yeah. i was discovered you know it okay. was never yeah. like and that's part of the, but that's what i think you know, like yeah. it's important i mean if you're if it's discovered yeah right 
then you have the conversation because I think if you bring it up, like, I don't want to lie. If, I'm, if you're 13 and I'm telling you, um, you know, about, you know, and I, and I have to tell you about weed and it's like, how come you know so much? Have you ever smoked it? Like, whatever. I don't yeah. want to lie yeah. and be like, no, or yeah, like, I don't want to lie about it. And yeah. so the thing Probably is, the I want to be totally honest, mm-hmm. like, about my experiences. And I feel like you need to be of a certain age to be able to appreciate that without being like, well, my dad does it, so I can yeah. do whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So the thing is, I think I would take the approach where, yeah, when it comes up, I'm mm-hmm. definitely armed to um, like deal with that and handle it in like a, a, a controlled way. Like if you're too young, like I'm not trying to say what's right or wrong here, but I could say what I would be my what, what would be my right and mm-hmm. wrong. So if I catch you smoking weed too young, I'd be like. Yeah, this is heights. Like you have things to concentrate on when you're older. That's no problem. But I want you to do when yeah. you're older, and we could have another conversation, and then I mm-hmm. could share experiences. Yeah, you know, when you're older, and when you're older, because as you get older, as a child or as a teenager, like you're gonna do shit that you want to do. There's nobody that could stop you, you know, including your parents. So the thing is, it's kind of tough to be like, you can't do this, or you're not allowed to do this, and more about look. I would appreciate, you know, that that these things happen later on when you're a little more mature mm-hmm. and I can be there with you because it's not like I think you shouldn't do it or shouldn't try it yeah. or whatever, but I think that right now these things are important to you, yeah. like school or... And, uh, and they or, still you know have negative I mean? side effects, you know what I mean? Like the reason I said I wouldn't start smoking again at 15 is because I knew it, it didn't impact my grades as such, but like it spiraled into very, very heavy smoking in like uni times and using it to deal with every kind of stress. And like, it did make me very forgetful and it did make me very apathetic towards a lot of things. And coming off of it, like at some point I realized, oh shit, I'm spending way too much money on weed. And I don't actually know how to deal with stress or deal with any kind of like intense emotions without weed because weed has then also become my go-to. It's a crutch. Yeah, it's become my crutch. And then I like radically stopped smoking weed and people underestimate how much withdrawal you can actually get from stopping smoking weed. Well, anything and habitual. Just, and not just the smoking, but then all of a sudden now you have to deal with stress without that crutch. Yeah, the real way. And that can And maybe that's negatively. the key. Yeah. Maybe being mature enough to know whether you're leaning on an experience to be able to get through what you should be doing mm-hmm. without this, you know? Like without this substance. You, maybe to, to, to know, maybe yeah. that's the key. That you need to learn how to... How you to need to like, How to be yeah, sober. Moderated how to do things yeah. as yeah. an adult sober yeah. first. Because then... Because yeah, life's not... Like life is hard in its own way at 14. Mm-hmm. But life gets a lot more <laughs> fucked up. You know what I mean? How do you teach children moderation? Be but an example. It's a good. And you have to have start. let them know that they don't feel judged by you. You know. Yeah. That they can fuck up and come to you, and you'll be like, okay, let's work through this together. Did you have that with your parents? No. <laughs> Neither did I. <laughs> but, I mean, but I mean, that's I did, why we're going to be as such. Yeah, I do think that I had that in a lot of ways. I think my parents did a better job than their parents in that sense. Like because my parents are big hippies, right? They just didn't really take it seriously, you know? And that's something I would do different with my kids is like, let them know, yo, listen, I'm here for you. I have your back. Mm-hmm. Come to me when something's going on and we'll figure it out. Your parents have a lot of life experience that is valuable when they're not trying to force it down your throat, when they do it in a way where it's yeah, like compassionate, exactly. you know? Agreed. And I think that's what happened with my family. I think my family was very, um, 
yeah, come to us with anything. Come to me. You could talk to me about anything. Yeah. But I think what I think could have been done better is that if you, when, when I do come to them, when I did come to them with things, if it wasn't in line with something that they uh, agreed with or had much mm-hmm. experience with, then an, a, a direction was then forced upon me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And there was a solution that was then presented to me and this was it. Mm-hmm. And I think I would have preferred a little more leeway in yeah i mean not all my problems are going to be problems that you've dealt with and it's okay mm-hmm. for you to not know it's yeah. okay for you to not have a solution yeah. you know I, I i think that you you're doing and yeah you're not doing me a favor by impressing an opinion on me that's not based yeah. in anything that you're really trying to that you know that, that you have no experience all encompassing you haven't yeah. understood really but, where i'm coming from you, you know to what remember i mean like, too that our parents come from a generation where it wasn't okay to right. fuck up and it wasn't okay to not know yeah what exactly saying, you know and we have we come from a much more fuck it up kids. Ac- <laughs> accepting generation so they kind of had to have this image of themselves as we've figured it out and yeah. or even if we haven't, we need everybody else to believe we've figured it out. Yeah. I had, I think, a very similar experience to Kyle growing up. My parents were, like, incredibly conservative, especially in, like, their usage of anything recreational. My dad claimed that he smoked weed once in the army because they had mandatory <laughs> army training. That too, he's like, once I yeah. smoked weed in UE. Yeah, yeah. Like, shut yeah. the fuck up. Yeah, my dad pulled that one on me too. My mom apparently, like, never smoked weed. That I believe. And I believe my dad maybe tried Same. and never really got um, mm-hmm. swayed. So to this day, like, that's kind of, like, where the conversation kind of remains in the family, like, of course, through my experiences, I've been kind of that like hippie son to them. And I've been like, no, but you guys don't understand. You just need to like read up more about it. And it's, it's unswayable. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're so convicted and firm in their beliefs. And it's like, what does this kid know? Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. And it's also like j- largely due to their like experiences because I, I can see some validity in like my dad saying that, you know, he's seen people who've smoked weed since they were young kind of turned decrepit and totally unproductive yeah exactly like they're not wrong they're not like but it's it's not the weed to be blamed you know those people usually already have something that they're dealing with underneath exactly which they didn't have the guidance for somebody to be like yeah i mean this is not like it's not like the worst thing in the world but maybe you should try something else totally totally and they would have seen so many people like lose themselves down the bottle as well so it's 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 a it's a thing set in the times that they were raised that it's just too ingrained in them to progressively change in a way that's kind of like noticeable so i kind of like don't try to change them at this point it's kind of like an accepted Mm -hmm. thing but i think when i think in like how i'm going to treat my kids if they so happen to come one day is that i think i need to be a better friend to them than Mm -hmm. the friends that they make anywhere else you know like we need to be so good and so tight that really like my best interest as a parent is somewhat also aligned with like their ability to listen to me as someone who's Mm -hmm. as credible as a peer, you know, because like (laughs) at some point, you know, you do really start to like listen to your friends and their opinions matter much more than your parents. And, and, and in those like pockets, that's when, you know, your ability to delineate from the things that truly matter and start to build up like a, non-healthy relationship with these substances can happen so as long as like we are so connected on like a deep like yeah just a level of understanding with my children and they can like trust me more than they trust the people that they meet outside who come from who knows what kinds of backgrounds then Mm -hmm. then i think um 
then I think hopefully I'll be able to inspire them to just like care about things yeah. that um that they should be getting, that, that that I think. But matter. you know, our the difference between. I mean, the big difference between us and our parents is technology mm -hmm. in terms of access to information, right? Mm -hmm. So the thing is like, yeah, your friends know, and but you also like, you had like the internet. Yeah. And the next generation or the next generation is just moving forward. They're going to have access yeah. to just all the information. Yeah. Which is good in some yeah. way. Which is good in it, some way. If ways. you treat, if you like t teach them to be fair and impartial and these are like qualities that they pick up from whoever raises them then hopefully they'll be able to like process information in that yeah way. yeah teach them how to learn yeah because like if you do read that this is bad then maybe you can also read what other people say or if you read that this is good maybe you can also read what i also thought that, that you know like you know like if like i don't know your grandmother might get a text saying like if you don't forward this you're, you're, you're going to lose <laughs> you're your to phone plan or, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like if yeah. you don't broadcast this to 10 people or yeah. else the phone yeah, company yeah. is going to... And Granny's like, holy shit, you know, and they're sending us off. The same way that like... <laughs> Our, like that we can get something like that, like spam or something stupid and be like, this is so dumb and that, not yeah. even immediately recognize it as complete bullshit. My hope <laughs> is that with all this information, and I think that this is important, mm -hmm. right? Um, that the next generations to come, the filtration of information needs mm. to just get better moving forward yeah because of course like we i mean we get we get tricked um all the time too by by things on the internet and and and, and technology and you know with the wrong intent and so on you know what i mean and it's only going to get more and more complex but it's my hope that like the next generations could really they're not going to see some article that, that is like you need to try i mean who knows what the what the cool drug is going to be i mean i'm pretty sure it'll be the same like psychedelics yeah you know, lead in the park. But I mean, cooler. I mean, who knows? Next, yeah. you know, it's some like a, a synthetic something, and they're like, you know, why you should actually do this because it's whatever, whatever. You know, I'm hoping that like they don't get some BuzzFeed article on like the top 10 yeah. benefits of whatever and they run off with it. That they can, you know, this doesn't have to be drug related or anything, mm -hmm. but their, 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 or their bullshit like alarm goes off immediately, you know. The whole Gen Z's right now, they're already so much more. You can feel it. You, you can. can feel it. Like they're a lot more. Oh, woke okay, already yeah. than us. you know what I mean worse, yeah. and I feel like it's not even going to be such a big of a deal of a conversation that you have to have with your kids about drugs yeah like, sure you know? it might the conversation might Culture not be might so because the conversation yeah. we had we had to they have, have with so our much parents. information yeah. already yeah so they it might be like yeah because you know I don't know if you guys have had a sex talk but I know and like my dad had the sex talk with me. Mm. He, I 100% knew everything that he was talking about. I just lied and said I didn't because I thought he'd stop talking about it. And I thought, <laughs> this is the most awkward conversation of my life. Like, maybe if I pretend like I don't know, he'll stop. You know? You know? But I mean, like, we, we already knew. I don't know. I think I was in primary school when, like, you know, I think I told someone. Somebody said some one kid was making fun of another kid saying that his parents had sex, right? Mm. Or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> and Fuck. like he tried to Never like make recover. fun he tried to like make fun of me or something and being like your parents are virgins 
dude being the the arrogant kid i was you know so comfortable in my like my household i was just like yeah jokes on you bro my parents don't have sex like you know and like they were just like i remember like a second dude like both of them just just turned on me and they're like what and and they were like you think your parents don't have sex and i was like yeah, my parents don't have Ooh. sex, dog. I was like, this is a hard like, realization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they were like, how do you think? How do you think it, it like you came to be or whatever? And I was like, yeah. When God decides that it's the right time for your family to have a baby, He gives your mom oh, so sweet the gift. Yeah of a baby and you know be, and my mom was always like you that's know like it's night. just like yeah. you know yeah. god gives you this gift and the angels that, you, that god and i was totally really convinced like me yeah. and then they were like i remember they laughed so hard they were just like they were like bro <laughs> your parents are fucking dude <laughs> no 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 and i would just be like no no you don't understand maybe your parents fuck <laughs> you you my know parents have no, but it was so funny it was like and then i remember i asked one of my friends who i was he was he was always really smart we used to get like the we were both on top of the class so i knew if like he like could verify these facts and i was like yeah i spoke to him and he was like 100 percent, bro you know and i was just like <sighs> Damn. Fuck, you really Old had to drops. tell me the truth there. That's what that's what I'm saying. So, but I mean like this happened and then and then you start noticing and then you start you start absorbing and then you start so by the time like the talk is coming, you, you know years it. later, you know what I mean? Like cause you're in the schoolyard making jokes about yeah. like dildos and anal and all right. stuff. And then my you know, my dad tries to have this like, have you ever heard like the word sex as if like it's never you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was so you know, it was so I mean horribly awkward oh my god but the fact is i already knew (laughs) all the the basics you know what i mean and the thing is my parents were um yeah very conservative so there was definitely not a practical sex talk either i think my dad um said it in a much more like a yeah it was kind of good the message he said like you know a, a lot of guys just do it and they just they think it's not a big deal um but I think that it, but it is a big deal and it's important that you care about, about the woman and it's important that you, and, and he was like, and, and that's why um, we don't do it until we're married. You know what I mean? And, but the basis of that wasn't too lofty. The basis, the basis of it was that, you know, because if you're doing this, you, you do it with somebody you care about um, because it, it is a big deal. You know what I mean? And I thought that was nice, but the fact is, I already, I kind of already yeah. knew all the details. We could have skipped chapter one to five, where we talk about what you and mummy did. You know what I mean? <laughs> we could just get a. But hopefully, like the the conversation for next generations, when we're talking about, uh, you know, drugs or whatever, yeah. you know, they kind of know and. It's just like you can't even predict it now with like technology. It's like any prediction that we make on like how we're going to raise our kids is just inevitably yeah. going to have to yeah. change. They're going to be raising us. What do you think Honestly. about phones? I think about this. What's your concept on phones? Because I think about this all the time, right? Because a phone is such a portal to everything, Mm -hmm. right? Not even a phone anymore. It's not even a phone anymore. And I think that like... It's a computer. It's part of a giant... Because I I looked at... I I, I listened to this podcast um, that had a a psychiatrist on um, that that specialized in um, adolescent um, behavior. And they were talking about phones and he was going into other things like social media and especially like um, 
the image that that young women or girls have of themselves because of what they see on social media this constant comparison that the the that uh you know depression and, and anxiety because of comparison to what we consider to be good you know or, or bad or whatever you know it has just gone up over the years and so he was saying that so what's the move right how do we move forward because like you know you're gonna have kids and I mean, growing up, when I had to go on the internet, I had to ask my dad to go and type in the password yeah. and all sorts of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like heights. It was dial-up, yeah, you know? Yeah. But was, like, uh, does anybody need to use the phone in the next yeah. hour? Because it's <laughs> exactly. going to take a half an hour for me to load up Club Penguin. Yeah. yeah, so the thing is like, but but today it's like there's free Wi-Fi on the <laughs> Uber, you know what I mean? And then it's like, so how do you... And, and the guy said, you know, like having designated hours. Of course, yeah. like phones, like smartphones have... Um, and I think they can be utilized. I don't think it's, but like parental, like, uh, like, uh, settings, you know, you can set it to just not be able to do certain things, like not, mm-hmm. not download apps without your permission, not do this, not yeah. do that. Um, so the thing is like, I think that's a, a good thing you need to utilize, mm-hmm. but also like just, uh, like, uh, taking, like not taking away phones at night. I think that's a bad way but, of phrasing but, it but, but like the kids put their phone in the phone basket yeah. every night at yeah. like I don't yeah. know, seven and you also something. put the phone in the phone basket you know like come all of us putting away our phones now and bring back the culture of like go outside and play that's exactly you what know? i was feeling i was like i'm gonna ensure that nature is a part of their yeah. existence yeah. like so much and it's even like i can see the difference between the way we grew up in the caribbean for example and like my you know my friends or my family members that grew up here where like I have a big problem with having a job that needs me to be on the computer 40 hours a week because mm-hmm. I'm just my brain is not is not into it and maybe that's a personal thing as well not necessarily you know coming from the Caribbean maybe you're fine with it um but I didn't grow up using screens like I know a lot of people here grow up playing games on screens and stuff and maybe in the Caribbean too but people here really a lot more than they had a lot more insight yeah, that's a way to did. shut a kid up man yeah you know and man, I was I always see so outside. many kids with iPads man. now and shut the fuck and, up yeah and, like sometimes <laughs> but sometimes it comes in handy right sometimes it's kind of like if we're like if I'm lying with my friends who have kids back home and you know we all try to engage the kids as well and like we're very close to our friends kids and stuff but then when it's when it's seven o'clock and you almost it's almost bedtime we don't really want to have a little chat yeah but what happened to toys because when i was a kid man i was filming netflix series in my head with my figurines it was nuts yeah you know and they had no or even when you got together with friends you just grab one lego brick and it's a fucking rocket yeah yeah and you're fucking flying it through the room you know and aside from that like we used to be outside we used to be playing rounders and playing on the monkey bars and like going to bush and going to you know what I mean like we really grew up outside I I think I would definitely like change the comfortability my comfortability of living in like a city for that part of like child rearing 100% I would sacrifice Mm. 100% exactly no because I think it's yeah I mean my family was conservative my mom my mom is really Mm anti-screen you know what I mean I mean, I'm definitely not, you know, I'm super, I love technology. I'm super into it. I'm a real, yeah, I'm not like uncomfortable sitting in front of a computer. I unfortunately or fortunately can sit in front of a computer for hours and be unbothered, right? Mm-hmm. I never feel this need to, you know, um, but I grew up not, uh, we, we didn't look at TV during the week. You know, we mm-hmm. couldn't, we could only look at Sesame Street and National Geographic. That's the only thing yeah. to be allowed to look at. Good but choice. other than that, we had a big um garden we had a huge garden mm-hmm. and we had three like we always had three or four dogs yeah. so like playing with the dogs yeah was a such a yeah my imagination would always 
you know, really get lost, you yeah. know, in that whole, yeah, it's been hours just, I mean, I probably look like, like I was tripping balls because I'd just be, you know, murmuring to myself and, and, <laughs> and, and picking stuff up and, yeah. you know what I mean? But I, I'm just walking around, like looking down in the grass, but I really was just, you know, going nuts in my head, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, I mean, I think that, that was really important. Yeah. And I think that kids like nowadays, I feel so, man, the other day. Cause it's a double-edged sword. Cause if you just withhold it from them, then, yeah. you know, it's just, it's going to make them less, yeah. As equipped as other kids who are exactly. growing up with technology, so it's like yeah. you can't totally withhold it. That's the you way that society's going. Yeah, yeah. But um, but at the same time, I think I'd fall more into this sort of side of the spectrum, and that would be, I would fall more into the withholding than allowing. I would I, I would be I like would, I wouldn't yeah. even withhold as much as I would like make the other things just so much fun that they don't right want to right be, bravo you know? bravo yeah or things like my parents friends had kids my age hmm. so they would be hanging out and we would the kids would be hanging out and we would be like yeah, play pretending Power Rangers and stuff yeah I had I had a sister you know I grew up with Simon I mean Steffi didn't come and see picture until ten years <laughs> later so the thing is she was kind of late but we always had. Yeah, we always had each other. We always had like a sibling yeah. around to play with. And I think that nowadays, and I think that it's because the comfort of being a parent in like today's world of just having an iPad with a million kids shows on it, we can stream anything. It yeah. doesn't cost and anything anymore. And-, and you can just drop, <laughs> you can just drop an iPad in front of a kid and they don't want to do anything else but but watch this show. And I don't know, it really, it really bothers me. I don't know if it bothers me so much because my mom is so anti-screen mm-hmm. and I just could see my mom going nuts. But like, I don't know, I feel like this kid is missing out. It is. Yeah. It is. He's missing out yeah. on the imagination, kind of. Yeah. Because when you look at the screen, you're given... You're just kind of, you're surrendering yourself. And yeah, you're just sort of absorbing whatever is being shown instead of using your own brain. I feel like this is a collective attitude of our generation. The ones that were still forced to go outside. I don't know, man, because I know I have friends my generation that do that as well. That just just got droned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, yeah, but like I've spoken to a lot of people from our generation. This is like a valid concern of ours. But I think that eventually in the future, someone might develop a form of education that is more like holistic in that sense or less technologized. And in that, in that, in that event, I would enroll my kids there. I'd be like, go to the school when no one has phones. <laughs> That's the fucking key. Because the other kids are the ones that are going to corrupt my little foo-foo. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like if none of them is are corrupted. Is foo your kid's name? will be yeah <laughs> yeah no i think it's it's scary and i think just growing up in a place it'll be like so mountain green. schools or something you know <laughs> and, then, and then they just totally boring out till 25 and then they come down the mountain no they because then they might go nuts you know if yeah, you withhold from them they might go nuts it would be such an interesting thing to like raise someone now it. and just like make yeah i don't sp- experiment with my kid <laughs> because like this would be such an interesting <laughs> thing you know yeah like try and make the pure like person again because i don't know maybe technology doesn't make us impure in any sense but it loses that movement from but kids you, but the play. thing is you know what you lose you have a sense yeah. of what you lose and i think it's important yeah you like yeah you, you probably don't need to send your kid to mountain school you know but what you can do is say yeah i'm gonna send them to my <laughs> you can't say that yeah you're not gonna get an iphone at 11 you know maybe if like you you're gonna go and play with your friends or whatever and you want to be able to contact me 
me, then you're going to use, here's a dumb phone, you know yeah. what I mean? And luckily we're in Berlin where that's kind of cool, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's like, you think you kind of know where the line is being mm-hmm. crossed in terms of like, like a really like engagement with, with yourself and with your environment and not just surrendering to something mm-hmm. entertaining you. I think because we know where that is or we have an idea of, of where it is, mm-hmm. that we can do things to kind of improve the situation, you know what I mean? Perhaps, perhaps. I'm just really concerned, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. What can I say? Yeah. It's foo-foo we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> a little foo-foo. Yeah. Yeah. If I think about some of the my most cherished childhood memories, like my parents used to take us on these, our, our holidays, and I used to hate it as a child because everybody else used to go to Disneyland and like, you know, stay in cool hotels and, and all that stuff. And my parents was like, no, we're sailing down the Orinoco River and we're going to go and hang with like indigenous people, <laughs> you know, and fish fucking piranha. And I'm like, why can't I just go to Disneyland like a human being, you know? But now, <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. but now looking back, I'm like, it's some of my most precious oh. memories because it was really just me, my siblings, my parents sailing down the Orinoco River or sailing to like the Kunayala Islands of Panama and like really interacting with the indigenous people of those Sounds places. Sounds fucking that, like, lit. Still had their, you know, their tribes and their cultures and their traditions and their healers. and, the, and the Beautiful. And, like, they would still, you know, trade soft drink for, I don't know, beads or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but, and circle meets the square, you know. In, in yeah. adulthood, you realize that lame things your parents pushed onto you oh, were wow. actually good things. Pretty fucking cool. And teaching your kids that, like showing your, exposing your kids to those kind of things. Maybe it doesn't have to be like the indigenous people of Venezuela, but. Yeah. But it could be, a, like, I think like exactly what you said, like going to fancy, I mean, yeah, we did the, I mean, we didn't do this until we were late, but growing up, we, we went to Barbados and cause yeah. we have family in Barbados. So, you know, we'd always go there and just, yeah, be on the beach and it was just a different experience and eat out. And that was fun, right? Typical family vacation. But also my dad was in scouts and he really encouraged me to do scouts. You know, he, he never, um, yeah, my, never, my dad never forced me to do anything, you know, but he was just like, I did this and it was really cool. You should try it, mm-hmm. you know? And I did scouts and, Scouts was really good, actually. I mean, Scouts was a lot of, yeah, all the things that you make fun of Scouts for, I definitely was not into that. Like, it was just like, I mean, yeah, I thought thought it was cool and being disciplined and, and making stuff and building stuff and doing all these things. It was really cool. But for me, like, yeah, going camping, we used to go camp, we used to go camping in St. Mm-hmm. Kitts and St. Louis, in the other islands. You know, sometimes camp just meant um, taking over like a, uh, like a uh, what do you call the school where you send, send your kids again um, boarding school boarding school yeah. so sometimes you might take over a boarding school and it's just a scout you know pack just <laughs> um, there sleeping but every day you're waking up and you're just you know playing sports, playing games, mm-hmm. taking turns cleaning, taking turns cooking, you know what I mean? And then, I mean, luckily we're in the Caribbean, so you, you can't run from the nature. So everything was just a yeah, lot of grass and dirt. And, no matter where you know? you're and then sometimes we'd mm-hmm. actually be, well, when we're home, we'd actually be intense and actually be in the, And that was really, that was really good. So in that case, I kind of got that appreciation of 
you know, nature. And it was exactly, it's like having a garden at home. It's a good balance, you know, like yeah. you want to be close to nature, but I don't want to live in the tree. Yeah. You know, it's cool to have a mango tree in the backyard. Lucas like with you me know? and Fufu. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think like you kind of know and you, you keep a balance and yeah. you just make sure that it's the exposure that counts, you know, they, yeah. they like the different perspectives again. Yeah. Those. Making the lame things seem cool. Or yeah. like the important things seem cool is the biggest trick that you have to perform as a parent. Like what? it's giant hypocrisy. Mm. You yeah. have to make them convinced that the things mm-hmm. that they think at that moment are lame are cool. Yeah. yeah. Without if without them that, knowing that you're trying to make it seem. Oh, that you is know? like. <laughs> <laughs> like if you can pull that, like you know, manipulation when like, like you have when then, you're feeding a baby or you're oh, like feed, feeding a kid, yeah. and like the kid doesn't want to eat. Then you start to pretend to eat to go like yeah. mm-hmm. to make them see. Yeah, yeah. You basically have to do that yeah. for the next like yeah. twenty yeah. years. You yeah. know and what I mean? It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. And it's, it's and it's maths. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You have it's to be like, what so are you doing, maths? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good old days. Oh, oh I'm yeah. so jealous. Can I do some? Yeah, yeah. Can I do this one? Then you do the next one, please, please. please. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so you have to yeah. do. Yeah, lead by example. Yeah. Um. Luca, Luca, <laughs> looking at your time squash. for your squash match. Man, this really uh, was the podcast. It's like the fucking, thing. we covered all of the we talking were... points, man. <laughs> <laughs> we were mad on psyches yeah, yeah. for a bit. This is like road joking. Full experience. Real deal. Yeah, thank Did you, you so much it? for coming I down. I loved it. I loved it. I, I it was such a you have to come back. Yeah, you come you back come and back. shit talk anytime. Yeah. I will be here, and you'll yeah. be like, "You're back." <laughs> <laughs> I love how point. I didn't even book this. You know what I mean? Yeah. We left, and we were like, "Oh wait, I actually didn't ask Luca." And I asked him, "Hey, you want to give our gas?" And he was like, "Cool," you know. <laughs> and that was it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, nice. yeah, and it was great. great. Yeah, it was cool so did. thanks so much. It's good. Until next like, time. <laughs> we should just talk. Luca, not this week. Luca, <laughs> we, we need to do it with other people as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, no, wait, no, wait, not wait, your podcast. Week, you know. <laughs> wait, what did you say? I was wearing these headphones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely will have you back. Please, love sooner rather than later. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you, everyone. Easy.